Welcome to the Future of Ground Transportation podcast, where we discuss the exciting innovations that lie ahead for organizational ground transportation. Each episode, we cover topics tailored to those resolving transportation-related challenges and provide tips, tools, and trends that will inspire you to stay ahead of the curve. And now, here's your host, Daniel Perez. Welcome to the Future of Ground Transportation. Today, we have a special guest, Alicia Julio, with the ex- the climate change expert at Sinai. Alicia, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today? Great. Hi, Daniel. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you as well. Thank you for being part of this episode today. So today, we're going to be speaking about Sinai and sort of the technology and sort of innovation approach that Sinai brings into to the industry and different industries into the environmental sector, especially with your title as a climate change expert. Uh, so excited to dive deeper into this conversation. Uh, with that being said, Alicia, just tell us a little bit about your background. How did you get started in, in your industry? Yeah, for sure. Um, so I am a chemical engineer by training. Um, I have both an undergrad and a master's degree in chemical engineering, actually. Um, and so now I'm a climate change expert at Sinai, but I kind of I followed a little bit of a convoluted path to get here. Um, so my first job at a university was at an engineering consulting firm. Um, I was doing a lot of like engineering design work, um, mainly in the mining and metal space, but for a lot of companies in that like heavy industrial sector. Um, and when you're in consulting, you kind of get thrown into everything. So I did a climate change project for a big mining company actually really early on in my career. Um, and then from that point on, I was kind of the climate change expert in mining for my company. Um, and so when I was at the consulting company, we formed a climate change practice. Um, I was a part of that and we grew the team from like, I think there was two or three of us to about 15 people. Um, and over about three years, I worked on a lot of decarbonization strategy um, projects for Fortune 500 companies all over the world. Um, I also did some really cool engineering design work and things like uh, carbon capture and hydrogen electrolyzers. Um, and so during that time in my consulting firm, I met Maria, who is the CEO of Sinai Technologies. Um, and so she was building um, software that basically kind of replaced consultants in a way and and really kind of put the ownership on the end users um, for carbon accounting and decarbonization strategy. Um, and her approach was very aligned to really how I approached the work um, when I was in consulting. So I ended up um, jumping over to Sinai as a climate change expert. So um, now I'm a climate change expert at Sinai. What that means is kind of really depends on the week. Uh, so some weeks I'm like super involved in product development for like releasing new features and the engineers and designers need some support. Um, other weeks I'm on a bunch of sales calls. Other weeks I'm helping our customer support teams onboard clients. Um, so yeah, really depends on, on what's going on in business. Perfect. Perfect. So help us understand for all the listeners, especially for transit agencies, uh, entrepreneurs that own trucking companies, bus companies, what is sort of the solution that you guys are offering into this sort of different industries? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Sinai, basically we're a SaaS platform. So we've got like pre-built, um, software modules for companies really across every sector. Um, but some of our sweet spots are like the heavy emitting sectors. So exactly like you said, like transportation, 
um, other companies like oil and gas or cement or mining we also work with. Um, but we have different modules that really help clients through what we call like all parts of the decarbonization journey. Um, so usually companies are starting with carbon accounting. So they're trying to understand um, what are their emissions for their operations. Um, I want to get into too much details, but like things like scope one, two and three. Um, and then some companies are more advanced. So they're thinking about, you know, how can I reduce the emissions? What projects can I implement? Um, you know, what should my targets be to reduce those emissions? And how much is that going to cost my business? Um, so we kind of do everything from starting out. What does my profile look like to what can I do in the future um, throughout these five different modules? Yeah. Thank you, Alicia. So for I'll go back into the uh, bus sector. Let's just say we start mm -hmm. with the bus sector. If if you have a company or a transit agency that currently owns 500 buses, mm -hmm. is there a way to sort of identify what is the current emissions and how can you reduce the the emission? Uh, Spanish mm -hmm. is all say. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, if you could just walk us a little bit through that journey, please. Yeah, absolutely. Um. So like I said, it really depends where a client is, but um, whether you have, you know, data on maybe liters of gasoline or diesel you consume, that's probably, you know, the best data to start with. Um, and we would recommend our clients are starting with understanding um, what the emissions are for their operations. Um, some of our clients, you know, it might be tougher to get that in type of information. Um, so maybe you don't have, you know, the liters of diesel consumed, but you know how many kilometers are driven. So we can help, we can use that information um, to really, you know, understand again, what the emissions profile of the company is. Um, maybe even that information is hard to gather. So sometimes we'll work with companies and just say, okay, well, how much are you spending on fuel? Um, and you can determine the emissions that way. So those are kind of like the first steps to just understanding a company's profile. Um, and then we're working with companies who are also interested in the decarbonization space. So maybe a company comes to Sinai and says, okay, we now have under understand our emissions, but what do we do to reduce them? Um, so we can work with them to like in the software, we'll model projects. So maybe, you know, exactly. Yeah. Or like maybe you've um, chatted with the um, provider of an electric bus. And so if you purchase that bus, for example, um, what impact would that make on your emissions? You know, if you purchase one bus, is that going to reduce your total, you know, annual emissions by 5%? Is that going to reduce your emissions by 10%? Um, we can help companies look at things like what are the emissions from your diesel fleet versus um, and a battery electric fleet considering, you know, the emission factor of their grid that they're on. Um, how much is that going to cost? So maybe, you know, those providers are giving you cost estimates now. Maybe you have an idea of how much that's going to cost five years from now. Um, so it's kind of like this intertwining your uh, like environmental modeling with like some business strategy and, and financial decisions. Got it. And Alicia, typically the the ideal customer, like what is the main objective? Is it just reducing emissions overall for the environment? Is it more from a compliance perspective? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so right now there is a lot of changes happening in terms of compliance, um, depending where you are in the world. So, um, in the U S companies do have to report their scope one, two emissions above a, a certain threshold. 
Um, you know, there's lots of talks on including scope three in that um, or whether that threshold is going to change. Um, that being said, a lot of companies who aren't required to report are interested in um, understanding their emissions so they can, you know, project to the market that they're doing something to reduce. Um, so I would say that is the primary goal is to kind of first, you know, make sure you're adhering to the local regulatory um, environment. And then second, it's almost like a, um, a mechanism to show your consumers that, you know, you're doing something. Um, and so kind of a lot of companies, I would say, are approaching it from both angles. Got it. Great said, Alicia. So is it is it projections or is it actually actual emissions that you guys are calculating? So for example, when you go into a company like us with 100 vehicles, with your current infrastructure, are you sort of creating a projection per quarter, per day, based on the mileage and and vehicles that we have? Uh, so is it is it actually projections of what's happening and how you're reducing it, or is it actual, or are you actually identifying the actual uh, emission expenditure? Was you saying? Yeah, we, so we do both. Um, I would say the first module that we're looking at is primarily historic looking. Um, so we're taking that actual kilometers driven, if you guys have those records or actual diesel consumed to see, you know, in 2022, what was, uh, you know, for example, the DPV emissions profile. What we can also do is take some of that historic data and, and see how, um, you know, your operations are being forecasted into the future to estimate what those emissions are going to be in 2023 and 2024 um, if you don't do anything. And then over that, um, we can almost overlay, you know, if you purchase half your fleet as electric buses, then in, say, 2025, what are the emissions going to decrease down to? Um, so it's kind of a combination of, of everything uh, to get the whole business perspective. Yeah. Got it. How is the, the the electrical vehicle space sort of helping or affecting what Sinai does? Yeah, I mean, um, for us, it's definitely a really good opportunity that some of our clients are looking at um, to consider decarbonization. Um, the U.S., especially in particular, and and other countries have goals around like completely decarbonizing the grid. Um, so the U.S. Um, is planning on a complete decarbonization by 2035. So that being said, what that means is if you replace your entire fleet with electric buses um, by 2035, you can presume that you're going to be basically a net zero company. So you're not going to have any emissions from your operations. Um, obviously, you know, there's other considerations in that transition as you know, where are all these electric buses coming from? How are we charging them? Making sure there's, you know, the grid infrastructure there, um, as well as all the charging stations that are available. But it's definitely something that obviously a lot of clients are looking at. Um, and even just understanding, you know, maybe it doesn't make sense to change your whole fleet today, but what is the forecast of availability of electric fleets into the future? What are those future costs? How are they gonna compare to our traditional diesel engines? Um, and then usually companies are taking that for an understanding of when does it make sense for us to actually transition our fleet. So maybe we'll do 20% of it by 20, you know, 25, and we'll plan to do 50% of it by 2030. 
Um, and so by having kind of an understanding of what, you know, the uh, future outlook is of some of our decarbonization technologies, companies can really start planning for the future. Got it. Thank you, Alicia. We, and we say that most of the uh, companies and in entrepreneurs that are working with Cyanide, is it mainly that they're working with Fortune 1000 companies and they're sort of looking to com uh, comply with companies that are moving more into sort of the, whether it's electrical vehicles or just environmental uh, environmental free? I wouldn't say it's just compliance. I mean, some companies are definitely using this as an opportunity to set themselves apart from their peers. Um, and I mean, working in software, I say software is, you know, the place to make these like business almost mistakes. So like, you can use our software and model everything. You know, we encourage our customers to model your electric buses, model a hydrogen bus, um, model crazy biofuel projects just to see how that's going to impact, um, you know, your environmental emissions. And then also to understand what the financial impacts are going to be your, to your business. Um, so, for example, you're going to get great reductions with a hydrogen bus. Um, it might be very expensive. We understand it might be very hard to actually obtain um, those vehicles, but you can kind of compare and, and contrast the different opportunities um, in software. And, and so really, we're just a place for companies to plan all these projects, understand what they mean, share them, you know, internally with their C-suite audience, um, with their peers, with the operations people. Um, and then you can kind of make a decision and, and actually go purchase, you know, that physical entity once uh, you understand what that means for the business. God, thank you, Lisa. Very well said. And, and what do you see sort of cyanide in three to five years, especially with whether it's electrical vehicles, autonomous vehicles, flying cars, mm -hmm. where's cyanide going to be playing the game mm -hmm. next five to 10 years with all these different components coming ahead of us. Yeah, absolutely. So I think we're we're really trying to be that one-stop shop for companies in the space to come to Sinai and understand everything environmental about their business. Um, so, you know, understand their emissions profile and then also understand what are the, all the different projects and opportunities that you could deploy within your operations. Um, so I think a space that, you know, eventually we want to get to, let's say, far into the future, um, but maybe, you know, we are able to connect um, people like DPV with different suppliers um, and establish, you know, that relationship so you guys can really understand how that impacts your business. Obviously, you know, we're a software company. We're not actually able to to provide the physical um, units or entities, but as much as we can connect these companies that, um, you know, are responsible for the emissions and, and want to do something about it with those technology providers. I think we're helping everybody make a difference um, in the decarbonization space. So that's definitely where we're, we're trying to get to. Awesome. Awesome. Any sort of concerns or challenges that you sort of proceed, uh, you know, in the next two or three years as you guys sort of continue to focus on reducing emissions? I think the biggest thing um, as a company in this space is it's always changing. Um, the landscape's always changing in terms of like the regulatory requirements um, inside like the US um, with SEC regulations, but even globally. Um, it's I've been in you know the space for a number of years and every year there's there's new um, regulations, there's new requirements for reporting. Um, and there's even new technologies. So you know what a company maybe decides they want to do today, um, you know, for their 
let's call it their their bus fleet might look very different in, in five or 10 years from now as new technologies get released to the market. Um, so I think for us, we're just trying to stay agile, trying to um, make sure that we're helping companies, um, you know, meet their regulatory requirements, but also be a place where companies can always come back to when they need to reiterate on their environmental strategy, um, because we expect that's going to continue to happen um, over the next few years. John. Yeah, I appreciate you mentioning that, Alicia, because especially with so many different variables happening in, in the industry um, and different industries, especially in this space, how can companies like really, A, stand out from the crowd, as you, as we mentioned from the yeah. beginning, uh, whether it's like really um, showing, is it whether it's Fortune 1000 or just overall our population, how we sort of helping, you know, with the environment. And so, so I'm, I'm sure that that's going to be critical for you guys. Yeah. And in regards to switching a little bit of the subjects. So what is the best business advice you ever gotten, uh, personal or professional? Yeah, I think, um, the best advice that I got, I think I got this actually, as I was transitioning my job, um, from consulting to, to the tech space was like the worst thing that can happen is nothing. Um, so, you know, like the worst thing is is the status quo. Um, you know, bad things aren't the worst thing that can happen to us. There's always a learning curve through everything. Um, so if we do nothing, then there's no learning. Um, and yeah, I think doing something outside your comfort zone will generally result in, in positive learnings or change. So I've definitely tried to, to integrate that into all the decisions that I make on a day-to-day. Totally, totally. And what is the best business book that you would recommend, Alicia, whether it's in the industry or outside of the industry? Yeah, um, I'll definitely say some in the industry for the listeners. So one that I read um, recently was Speed and Scale. Um, so it's an, an action plan for solving the climate crisis now. Um, and it's it's really good for anybody just trying to understand the global economic climate change landscape. Um, it's by John Doerr. So he was the one that almost made like the OKR, um, mainstream. And so the book basically describes, um, what we need to do to reduce electricity, um, emissions. What do we need to do to reduce emissions in the transportation sector? Um, and it's really cool because he hits like these key targets, um, for getting down to net zero. Um, so that's definitely one that I would say is, is really good for somebody new to the space. Um, another one actually that I'll say that a colleague recommended to me. So I actually haven't read it. Um, but it's called Green Giants, uh, How Smart Companies Turn Sustainability into a Billion-Dollar Business. Um, so it's basically how companies can think about leveraging like the whole environmental and sustainability movement um, for their business. So I've heard that's a good one, um, but uh, it is on my list of my next book to read. <laughs> perfect, perfect. All right. So for all the listeners that are that are listening to this episode today, especially if you're looking for a climate change expert, uh, definitely reach out to sign uh, to Alicia with Cyanide. We will be posting uh, in in the sh- in the episode notes all the information about Alicia. How can the uh, listeners get in touch with you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so our website is Sinai.com, S-I-N-A-I. Um, my email is alicia at sinai.com um, or feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. Perfect. And we will make sure to provide those uh, LinkedIn notes as well. Again, Alicia, it's been a pleasure having you on, on the on the uh, show tonight. We really appreciate it. For the folks that are 
looking to implement again a a sort of climate change um, expert with all these different components of saving emissions and um, really improving your current infrastructure. Uh, please reach out to Alicia, and then at the same time, if you have any ground transportation needs um, surrounding transportation and also reducing carbon footprint, uh, please reach out. Stay in touch with us. Uh, please make sure you like and subscribe for our next episode. All right. With that being said, have a great day. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to the future of ground transportation. We appreciate you coming along for the ride. If you found value in this episode and want to hear more, please make sure to subscribe to the show.